Smooks here. Welcome back to What Do You Make, a podcast where I ask people that question, what do you make? And then I make their picture, because that's what I make. Uh, and I'm joined by Ollie Sansom. Welcome. Good morning, Morgan. Thank you for having me. That's such an original joke. No one's ever made that joke at me before. <laughs> oh, I was sitting on it for 10 seconds and I was so excited <laughs> to let it out. Um, Ollie, what do you make? What do I make? People frustrated. <coughs> My parents sad. <laughs> People that pay me anxious. No. What do, what do I make? I mean, it's very easy to just jump in and say, I'm a photographer. And previous guests of the podcast who are photographers have said that too. It's like, oh, I'm a photographer. I'm a this. I'm a whatever. Yeah. And I, I actually think that that term, and it's something that I always try and I often try and do with this podcast is, well, yes, but you, you, you take pictures, but what do you make? Like what, you know, is there... I, I, and, but I also love those answers too. Like I had Tim Page on the podcast. He says the first thing he said was, I make breakfast. Mm. I just, I don't, you know, he's just like, well, fuck that question. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck, who cares? I fucking make breakfast, mate. Yeah. I don't care about making pictures anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, this, this is good. This has opened up a few things. I, <laughs> I was starting to get worried there that this would sound like the next Tool album where you just, you just sit there for 60 minutes of silence waiting for something to happen. Under the veil of abstractionism. I, yeah, it's funny. When I was sitting there, unable to come up with an answer for that, I kind of felt I was falling into that <laughs> millennial slashy trap where your brain goes, but I do so many things. I, I, I can't be def- I defy categorization. I'm like some Norwegian forest Scandinavian um, power metal band <laughs> where they've got five, they fall into five million subgenres. So, that you've, none of which you've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the most satisfying um, charts you'll read, just Google Google uh, subgenres in metal and there's, an, there's a fascinating page that splits it down to about 2,000 different subgenres. It's incredible. I, okay, I suppose I should veer towards answering that question now. Less close on the mic. Hey, less close. Yeah. Okay. Da, 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 da. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos recently because um, I've got a little producer set up at home. And I'm watching videos and, you know, distance to mic to get the, the correct sound out of your voice and all that kind of jazz. And obviously, <laughs> clearly the one I most recently watched was press your lips against the microphone. <laughs> Sorry, Morgs. I'm wrong. Morgan is wrong. Sorry, I don't know anything about production. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, clearly if, you're, if your machine over the, your Zoom is throwing like fucking red lights and errors. Yeah, red lights. I've got to move it away from licking the damn things. It's fucking killing Stop you. Stop licking the mic, Ollie. I, I'm mostly involved in photography at the moment, but my, I mean, my background's in e-learning and design, creative direction. I dabbled in music once, 10 years ago, and wore a lot of face paint. <laughs> I, yeah. I seem to remember that that was, like, I, I thought that that was a longer period of time. Oh, no, actually, the, the last face paint effort in one of those <laughs> bands was three years ago. It was very recently. All oh, right. I miss it the, terribly. What was the band called? I can't give away too much because that would be very non-black metal to give away that. But <laughs> if anyone wants to send me a message, I'll I'll gladly provide the ear pillaging. <laughs> the DMs are open. Yeah, but but I guess like you know these days, you primarily make pictures of people. Yeah, and photography is a really it's a it's a fastly iterating medium. And for someone like me with a fairly short attention span, if, if you work in advertising, one thing you learn pretty quickly is, is how long your attention span is. And I realized I had about 
a, a four to six week window to spend on any one project. And photography is great because it totally plays to that. The the way in which the speed in which you can iterate a finished product and learn is really really quick. It's not like painting where you, you'll you'll go through a, a week or two week process end to end and then and then pivot. With photography, you you see what you've gotten straight away, and you can make an immediate decision to to iterate on that so if you've got a short attention span it's it's a great medium and i think it's been great for me for that reason i always find well i i have found with photography that i am drawn it it made me realize in myself something that i kind of have always known and that i don't i'm not a great creator of things from scratch i would always Mm. as a kid build lego sets and you know, from the instructions, and then go. One of those guys. I bet you cut your sandwiches into squares as well. Triangles, mate. I, I cut my kids' sandwich into triangles. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've done a lot for their credit in the playground. That's Just right. know that. That's right. But then I would say, oh fuck! I wish this could be better, or I think this is a better way of doing this. And so mm. something would give me an existing framework, which then I would say, oh no, fuck that noise! I want to make this better. I want to mm. change this. But the idea that came like that idea only came from an existing framework Mm -hmm. and i you know you give me you know 60 you know bags of lego and say build a thing i i would struggle with that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i would it would be i would just block up because i I don't know is this right i can't where with photography at least the kind of photography that i mostly do is then oh well this person's doing this and this person's created this moment and this event and this is happening um you know, or even even if you can distill it down so much to say, oh, here's a person in front of me and they have their own shit going on. So let's mm. ask them about that because mm-hmm. that's a framework. Yep, exactly. And then I can respond to that. Mm-hmm. But a blank slate, oh, I'm just fucked. And that's <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing. You kind of re you recontextualize what a blank slate is, and so much of this, particularly this type of uh, in this genre is well, this craft rather is permission and. Unless you see an example of something being done, or or an example of someone tying two different intersections together, our minds aren't built to draw that connection from scratch. And it's a process of evolution where you're suddenly released, you're de-shackled or whatever, and and shown that you can tie different things together. And and it's for that reason that most photographers starting out won't do the innately simple thing of referencing paintings as far as letting them learn how to see light, which is such an important thing. And that, that comes a lot later than it does for most people than it should. And, yeah, using a design-based approach to things and all of that type of thing. Mm. I mean, when, when did you start making pictures? Um, oh, maybe seven or so years ago now. Do, do you even remember think, the first sort of thing that was like, oh, fuck, what, I have to make pictures? Oh, dude, yes, yes. <laughs> fuck, I know they do. It was a, a friend at an ad agency. Had a, he just got a DSLR with a 51.8. And it was that simple thing of seeing blurred background. I'm looking at it going, how the fuck, oh, did, the you do fuck that? did you do that? Why is that blurry? What are all those swirly things? I want that. There was no, nothing remotely interesting or nothing narrative driven behind it. It is, how do I get the fucking blur? This is great because of this thing I bought and put on the camera. Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Totally. 80, you know, 80,000 wedding guests and you later, you know. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, fuck, you know. Yeah. Oh, the places we start from. It's, yeah. It's, but you know, it's, that's been a nice trigger and that's, the way a lot of people get into guitar is is kind of similar, you know. It might be you hear something great out of a pedal or you see a sexy guitar on the rack and, and often it doesn't even need to be about the art. It can just be about 
whatever trigger, whatever means to the same end, it, it doesn't matter. And that's something I'm constantly teaching people when I'm trying to break things down and inspire different learning approaches is that, is that it doesn't matter what the trigger is. It just matters that you've got a variety of them always. That makes me think about something is that, you know, there's a risk then in this in you know with us responding to all these things and actually saying oh you know well i've seen this and that means i will then allow myself to explore uh this thing that i have in a new way um that when the triggers dry up or the risk of having the triggers dry up and actively noticing that mm. is that something that yeah, um, it, and that's something I'm hugely fascinated about too because when they, when they dry up, you're not noticing it. You're just noticing that you're pissed off or ignoring whatever triggers are in front of you. But that's, that's exactly the challenge. And the big challenge is to put more struggle and more challenge, more bias-breaking things in front and to find more polarizing triggers. And that's where actual effort comes in. That's where it's a case of doing, doing a travel quest to something that, you know, maybe didn't interest you at all or seeing a band in a genre that you hate or or getting involved in something that really throws a crowbar into your into your system and breaks up your habits because mm. these little these little habits become so ingrained and we become so used to our own method of production and getting inspiration that you've you've got to look you know, it's such a fluff thing to say you know you've got to look outside and be inspired <laughs> by new things and it's like when when it comes down to it like actually doing that is is a is a skill in itself yeah I think. and and recognizing when you, when you have to actively do it as well totally and most of us recognize that i think a lot later than we have to and it's like we were kind of jamming on workflow and processes before and mm. and mm. I know from personal experience, I went through three or four years before I realized that, that was a skill that I needed to actually put some energy into because mm. the the worst thing isn't doing badly. The worst thing is kind of doing just okay and getting by and not mm. realizing you've got to put the hands on the wheel because that's mm. when you'll, you'll find you won't be able to pivot when you need to if mm. shit goes bad. Mm. Mm. We, you know, it's interesting as, you know, I think in the past two years and I've, that I've, recognized the level at which I have raised my fallback position because you can't, because let, let's be real. And I apologize to every past couple and future couple, whoever fucking listens to this dumb this is podcast, house of no judgment, but this is like, no, no, you just cannot, can you have well, basically what our job is, is at least in terms of a wedding, making wedding photographs is, in terms of a technical thing is I guess what I found is having that consistency and making the gamut of consistency higher and smaller, but it can never be, I don't think it can ever be flat or, you know, like raising that minimum level because sometimes just fucking shit isn't great. Mm-hmm. Like the lighting's whatever, or you have to do this or you have to fix this or, you know, uncle, you know, Jim gets in the way or you miss that moment. And in, to stop beating yourself up over that, I think is such a massive thing that I've had to learn. And even last night having a conversation with Emma about something that happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago, just, oh, fuck, I just, I wish I'd done this. And it's like, well, you, you have to let things go. But raising that bar, I feel, is something that is basically what we are doing. It's mm-hmm. constantly saying, okay, well, what's my fallback? If shit, you know, goes pear shaped. Yeah, and does that, that make sense? That was a yeah. big rant. Fucking no, rant no, no, no. <laughs> and and that, that involves um, because 
photography's got one of the lowest barriers to entry now, and that's going to see you know a huge influx. And what that the dangerous thing is that that means there's less of an impetus to to really learn the craft. And something I drill home in all the teaching things that I do is get involved in other crafts and and see the level to which they have to learn that craft and learn the bits and pieces that make that up. Um, the knowledge that you needed for this 20 years ago is completely different to to the knowledge that you need now, which is a kind of a dangerous position. So it's all about building up that vocabulary, filling up the left brain and then letting letting the right side of the brain cherry pick from that mm-hmm. when it needs to. And you know, something great on a really small kind of facile level is um, music photography. That's one of those genres that will get you thinking on your feet really, really quickly in really shitty lighting scenarios to mm. try and pull out something good. So Fucking red light. Oh, my God, my favourite. Oh. Instant black and white. You need to go to more black metal gigs, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, red light or no light, that's that's your two options. Yeah, yes. What smoke covering the entire band. What's black metal? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a great question. As to, I look, it's it's got a long and interesting history. There, there's a couple actually. If you want to find out what black metal is, look up a doco called "Until the Light Takes Us." It's a Scandinavian. I think the you know the, the populist origins of it are, are in Norway around a, a particular scene there. Which you know, and it's funny thinking a scene at that point involved you know such a tiny handful of really really young kids that that got their names all over the world for you know casually burning down churches and stuff. But <laughs> black metal is basically a really more melodic version of uh, of death metal. So think ABBA with screechy vocals, and you're halfway there. All right. Mm. And why did you? What, what was interesting about it to you? About black metal? Yeah. Oh, how did how did we get? In? I was a slow burn with that. I was never really into the the heavy stuff, but our old man slowly got us into it. And he's got an enormous record collection, and something in that music really. I think it's the way they evoke sense of atmosphere, and they are highly melodic. So you've got to cut through the the abrasion. Think of it in terms of um presenting Elvis to your great, 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 great grandmother because they haven't got any context for what rock right. and roll is. They, you can't hear they haven't and seen enjoy that. To, yeah. No, and metal or anything orally abrasive is, is exactly the same. Unless you've built up, built up that context, you can't hear what they're doing and that's totally fine. You know, it, it is exactly the same as showing Elvis or let's say Bee Gees to someone a few hundred years ago, they're not going to start rocking out. Well, it's, I mean, it's funny. And, you know, I don't, like, I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk heaps about wedding photography because I actually... I want to talk about black metal. so insufferable thing to just keep talking about. Um, Fuck, I'm just, never show this to (laughs) Never, ever. Frank, sorry. (laughs) But... but taking his shirt off. Put it back on, mate. Jeez. (laughs) But... Bro, are you lactating? <laughs> Have you seen the latest Star Wars film? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Minor spoiler. Sorry. It's all right. It's, it's great. Okay, it's the new Star right. Wars has male lactation. <laughs> gotten interesting. <laughs> um, but there's always this... Uh, well, here, we'll, we'll use an example that's not actually related to photography. Um, a friend of mine who's a celebrant had someone come up to him after a ceremony once and go, oh, you, you did it wrong. You didn't say, I do. They, you didn't ask them to say, I do. And he was like, well, there's no legal requirement for us to do that. That's just this cultural thing. And I decided that it was irrelevant, so we don't have it in the ceremony. And uh, anyway, but of course, this is his grandma. You know, but you didn't say I do. We we came here to watch the fucking I do's, mate. Like, this is it. Even that, you know, small gap in the history of time and space, you know, of whatever, 50 years since they did this 
to, to yeah. now is like, well, now we can't comprehend this new thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so she needs that. to listen to some more black metal <laughs> as well. Metal. I mean, that's the solution for our all of our grandparents, <laughs> frankly. Um, I guess, yeah. I guess I'd like to go back to, you know, that that friend in the ad agency who had this fancy lens, and then what was what was sort of the next? So that was the, you know, you picked this up, you thought, oh, this is this cool thing that I can do, and it had nothing to do with, had nothing to do with actually crafting something amazing. It was all, it was, it was kind of the the, the shine oh, that you saw on it. That was the instant attraction, and then totally, it's like finding fifty cents on the ground and realizing you can go and buy a freddo frog just instant gratification nothing else and that's a, as good a entry point point as any you've got to turn it around at some point but yeah yeah right that was great anything that gets you excited is is, is fine i think how, how do you keep excited then mm-hmm. because that's the thing that once you've you know once that's happened you, you increasingly i guess you do it depends on how many other things you're sort of calling upon um at the time, but you know, you will start to realize that you're just making photos of everything with shellet up the field. Yeah. And that's like, <laughs> cool. Fire. So awesome. How long can this be sustainable as an enjoyable thing? Bro, it's like <laughs> if you've grown up with, where's the, the, you know, where's yeah. the next thing? If you've grown up playing legend of Zelda, you, you, it's just about being addicted to unlocking doors, you know, yeah. that, that's all it is. And I think probably the biggest thing for me has been, I, I'm I'm super excited, super energetic on, on shoots. That's you know the main level of feedback that I get. But around that, I don't know if I'm enthusiastic as much as I am like an angry do an angry mechanic sort of tinkering at their car, wondering how they can get an extra few horsepower out of it. I it's more about actually actually cultivating being dissatisfied as a as a useful tool, and. Um, I guess releasing something and not hating it rather than being crazily excited mm. and just focusing on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Mm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm always more, I, I get super pumped about the idea of fusing old and new things together and how where inspiration can be taken more out of painting and, and other, you know, cinematography and cinema and other, other art forms and crafts. And that's something I've always sort of yammered on about in the mm. workshops that I've done for people. And, and I try and take my own advice with, with that stuff too. We're the um, worst at taking our own advice. What's that? Well, we're horrible at it. But when you see that there's, um, you know, over a hundred years of of incredible production tools behind us, and so many intersections that haven't haven't been fused together using those, let let alone in different genres, like as simple as taking an eight by ten camera to to a wedding. And mm. there's a guy in the states called Doug Boutwell that did um what he called anti-documentary because documentary had taken the same place on the mantle as the storytelling thing that everyone's yeah, using totally. left, you see it left right and center without any thought to what that actually means and he's like hey, okay let's do anti-documentary and completely went against that narrative and hadn't the coverage was, was one of the most compelling things you'd see because when you're using a medium that requires no move or very little movement and very little off the cuff style of shooting you get a completely different take on on life and interaction between different people mm-hmm. and that's a really fucking great thing i think it's funny how I've actually found that I was at a risk of pigeonholing myself and, you know, and having, have, actually having a lot of these kind of conversations with people about, um, and, and, you know, online and, and, and in, in person and whatever of, no, no, these, these, you know, as soon as you start, 
how long does it take for uh, a word that you thought was going to invigorate something to become just another buzzword, and mm. that it's like it's like it, it feels like the, that time is becoming increasingly shorter. The oh, more yeah. we find, the yep. more buzzwords come out. Storytelling, documentary. I still probably have documentary on my website. You know, fucking header. Yeah, documentary, wedding photography. So that's no, fine. No, actually, it's, need to go home. It's what you were doing, though. Yeah, but but something else needs to. It's actually something else now, and it's been something else for mm. a while and I've recognized that but it's like how okay so yeah like a buzzword becomes it just becomes a buzzword yeah. and just fuck ah oh, it's and just so frustrating the funny thing is um you know the design advertising world cottons onto that a lot quicker than other industries like mm. you know storytelling was fucking everywhere many years before every photographer was using it and the reality is storytelling is what we do that's it's 99% of what we do um but finding finding a language and a way of communicating to people that encapsulates that that's a little bit different is um kind of important i think but the flip side of that is most people are only seeing our marketing for the first time when they get engaged or when they want a portrait shoot so they're not necessarily being oversaturated by it as much as we are but i still think there's room to kind of try and find find the right language um for us the scary thing for me is is less about the language that's used and more about the passive implications that has on how we shoot and storytelling i saw became to be you become ubiquitous with just linear storytelling and just drawing out of this um a binary linear end-to-end cinematic thing when it is there's so much more so much more to it well even that real direct uh, anti-documentary you know with this guy that you mentioned, I'll have to get that. Um, I'll get the. I'll get a link and I'll put it in the show notes from you. He pulled it offline. That's really oh. black metal. Wow. Yeah, it's gone. I've tried to find it the other week. It's gone. Fuck. But I mean, I'm sure you can find an image or two on there. But yeah, there was. Yeah, there was a huge blog post. I had all this great conversation going on in the thread, and then. Do you know gone. why? Was he just like? Nah, I've got no cool, idea. Just that was for this, and that's that. That's for that. Maybe I think yeah. Or was it a? Was there flack about it? Was no, there bullshit? Or, definitely yeah. no flack. Like a, a lot of, I don't know, there was some mi- sort of minor controversial banter in there. It was it was great though. Um, I'll have to hit up Nick Radford, whose wedding it was, who's a really great shooter out of the States. And yeah, see see what's what. Mm. Um, you know, and that's another thing, keeping it, you know, keeping, keeping things off the radar is another useful tool in itself. You know, it's created that magic and mystery around it. And um, yeah. Two of my favourite shooters, who, who I think are probably two of the greatest wedding shooters at the moment, uh, Nick Tucker and Bill McCullough. Uh, Bill, more so, is completely sort of off the radar, and he, he does the most fascinating take on capturing groups of humans that I've I've seen, and just sort of keeps just keeps out of things. And I think that's great. I uh, Nick Tucker is on my list. He's up for bastard. this podcast. Yeah, yeah, he was here like, like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I did see some people caught up with him. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. Yeah, I found his work. I think uh, you had to apply, apply to catch up with him. I didn't <laughs> manage to bash heads with him. Didn't make the cut. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, Fuck you, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes. Um, but like, yeah, just that it, it is in a sense anti. It's anti gloss. I'll, I'll have to put a link in. It's I, I am a massive fan of his work. It's anti gloss. It's Rough, and every time I see a picture of his, it makes me go, "How how is this a wedding? Of course, it's a wedding photo. Yes. It's made it a wedding. But how is this a wedding photo that someone wanted? But I love it. 
And like, I think you love it, yeah. And I think <laughs> we need to, I don't know, our biggest job is, sure, we're photographers, but we're, above all, we're curators. And the biggest tool is there's all this talk of what is your why. Um, the next conversation, I think, or the one that I'm trying to push is, is what is your how. We're all taking beautiful things. We're all caring about our craft. That's becoming more of an important thing. But how the content is less important than the context. So how that's wrapped up, how that's sold, how we take out the bits that are meaningful to us and more importantly, how the parts that we think should be meaningful to the people we're shooting and how we can train and and educate them on that is is another thing. And I think, you know, the way that Nick sees things, people, more people should be educated to seeing the value of that. And there's less instant gratification in his shots, but that's precisely the good thing about it. They require investment and looking into the layers and really getting involved in it. And they're, they're worth so much more as a result. Mm. Well, I love that we can finish this up by us both talking about neither myself or you yourself or each other. We're talking about someone else who we <laughs> think is fucking great. Um, future guest of the podcast. Uh, you, know, you heard it here first. Guys, uh, we have to wrap up. I'm going to make a quick word of the but uh, he's a busy man. Thank you so much. Bro, what a treat. Thanks for having me. No worries. Where can the internet find you? Uh, oh. Ollysansom.com, ollysansomweddings.com, transplantschool.com, which is going to turn into something monstrous next year, and Instagram slash Ollysansom. Yeah. Thanks, mate.